0: Hello and welcome to Life on Main, a daily podcast of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire, where we discuss living life on the main purpose as designed by God. I am Pastor Tim Golden, and on these podcasts, we focus on growing in relationship with God, maturing in the faith through His Word, stewarding our relationships with one another, as well as learning to make disciples as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each day highlights one of these facets of spiritual character, growth, and stewardship. So be sure to come back each day to grow a strong and healthy walk with the Lord. Now, let's see what the Holy Spirit wants to show us today. Okay, well if you will turn in your Bibles with me this morning, we're actually going to be starting a new series of messages entitled, The Jesus Difference. Because how many know, again, Jesus didn't come to save us, he came to change us. Right, like savings a piece of it, but it goes much further. That that whole making disciples piece, right? But we believe Jesus wants to make a difference in our lives. He doesn't want to just stir us up. He doesn't want to just inspire us. He wants to transform us. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And so, what does that look like? And you might notice from the little picture behind me that, in addition to all the big words, there is. It's a silhouette there of Jesus on the cross. And that holds a lot for us, right? Because that's really the difference Jesus made. But we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, about that sacrifice that he gave. Um, but it's more than just the fact that he died for us. It's he, he gave us an example of how we are to live, mm-hmm. right? And the way we are to live is to lay down our lives for, for, for the Father, to lay down our wills for his plans, for his purposes. And we're going to talk about what that looks like, how Jesus modeled that for us over the weeks to come. But this morning, we're going to be starting off, and the message I've entitled today, out of Philippians 3, I've entitled, Fleeced. Now, there's a word that you probably have never seen used as a verb before, but in my normal, weird way, I think I should write my own dictionary, right? And we have decided to make this down a verb today. Because it's understanding what this entails for us. And this kind of lays a little bit of a groundwork for where it is that we are going over the weeks to come. So if you look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 through 10, the Apostle Paul says this. Now, Philippians was a letter that was written from where? From prison. Yeah. He was in a place where he was not really comfortable. Because as we've talked about before, the prisons of the day were nothing like the prisons we have today, if any of you have ever been in one. They would be a Hilton compared to what they had back then. But in the midst of being in prison, and being in prison not for something he did wrong, but for simply preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ... He has this to say, starting in verse 8. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and counted them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness, which is from God by faith. And then this verse here, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Let's pray. God, as we begin to look at the life of your son Jesus over these weeks to come, Lord, would you bring fresh revelation to each of our hearts and give us courage to live our lives in a way that would exemplify the life that Christ lived on our behalf that we may come to know you the way that we have may Jesus come and make a true difference in us over the weeks to come and start today and we give you honor and praise in Jesus name Amen that I may know him. I count all these things lost. I consider gaining Christ the most awesome thing I can achieve. Not that something I can do by following the law, even though I was a Pharisee, Paul could have said, and the Pharisee of Pharisees. I knew how to keep the letter of the law, but if that didn't. that's to no avail. It's only in faith in Jesus Christ that I can have real righteousness. Of all of this, everything I count for except for Christ. Why? For one reason, that I may know him. Not that I may know of him. Not that I can study him. Not that I can just understand his character or what he came to be for me. But to honestly and intimately know him. This is a phrase that you see throughout the Old Testament that is used usually in reference to marriage relationships. When it talks about Adam knew Eve, or Abram knew Sarai, right? It's a phrase of intimacy. It's a phrase of oneness with another. And that is ultimately what Paul is saying here. I count everything lost for this one reason, that I may have a level of intimacy and oneness with Christ. Not just know him, not just understand him, not just kind of look like him. I want people, when they see me, they've seen Christ. When they see me, they see the Father. Wasn't that Jesus' prayer? Mm-hmm. Right? In fact, he, not only his prayer, that was actually his declaration. I mean, he could say it because it was true. He said this, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. And that's really what he desires of each and every one of us, that when people look on us, They see the Jesus difference. But how does that happen? Well, it happens by us getting fleeced. Now, what a lot of people aren't aware of, there's a man named Peter Grant, and he had this to say about some observations that he had noticed. Anybody here ever owned some sheep? We have, right? But anybody else? Well, actually, we had goats. We we housed the sheep, you know. but a man named Peter Grant had this to say. He said, if you happen to go over to Scotland or anywhere where there are a lot of sheep, sooner or later you're going to see a very, very unusual sight. You're going to see a little lamb running around the field. Well, that one's not too weird. However, you'll notice that this lamb has what looks like an extra fleece tied around its neck in fact you'll see that there are little holes in the fleece for his legs to go through and many times also a hole for its head if you see a little lamb running around like that it usually means one thing its mother has died without the protection and nourishment of a mother any orphaned lamb Will die. If you take the orphan lamb and try to introduce it to another mother, the new mother is simply going to butt it away. She won't recognize the lamb's scent and therefore will know the new baby is not one of hers and so will not accept it. But thankfully, I guess in one sense of the word, most flocks are large enough that there's a ewe that has recently lost a lamb. And what the shepherd will do is the shepherd will actually take that dead lamb and skin it and make its fleece into a covering for the orphaned lamb. Then he'll take the orphaned lamb to the mother whose baby has just died. Now, when she sniffs the orphaned lamb, she will actually smell the fleece of her own lamb and instead of putting the lamb away, she will accept it as one of her own. And in this, we actually see in a very similar way, we have become acceptable to God by being clothed with Christ. In our own, se- in our own sin, in our own state, which by the way, except for the blood of Christ, we are still in. Right? How many of you are living a perfect life right now? Nobody better be raising their hand. If so, you need to come up for prayer later. But none of us is holy. and Even Paul, the Pharisee of Pharisees, stated this, I've got no righteousness of my own, save Jesus Christ himself. Right? If we were to come to God on our own volition, he would have no choice but to butt us away. Because he is a holy God. And his wrath must be justified, right? And the sin cost must be paid. However, in one sense of the word, he he sent his own son, right, as a sacrificial lamb. And though he wasn't skinned per se, his sacrifice was placed over us. And that sacrifice has now allowed us to come into the presence of God and to be accepted as one of us all. So that's what we're talking about when we say we're fleeced. And that's the first thing we need to understand in the Jesus difference is we don't have anything to bring, but this new fleece that we have on us called Jesus Christ makes it susceptible in the eyes of God. Jesus himself, we know, was a lamb, was he not? In fact, if you were to look at Genesis chapter 22, verse 8, you will read a verse out of a very familiar story. In fact, you probably don't even need to look it up because you can probably recall a lot of it by heart. It involved a man named Abraham and a woman named Sarah, <coughs> now known as Abraham and Sarah. And there came a time, Abraham... Has now got his son. He's now got his offspring. God blessed them, right, after waiting years and gave him a son, named him Isaac, and all is well with the world until God says what? I want you to come up and I want you to sacrifice your son to me. And in light of this, they get ready to go up mountain him and Isaac. And Isaac basically looks at his dad and says, Hey Dad, this is all great that we're gonna go up and worship God and you know offer up an offering, but we got one problem. We got the wood, we got the ability to make a fire, but we got no sacrifice to put on the fire, Dad. I think you forgot something. And Abraham said this in verse 8: My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. The son didn't ask any questions. Doesn't that seem a little weird to you? I don't know if I'd be quite that obedient of a son. You know, um, but yet, you know, Dad, are, are you trying to hold something over on me? I mean, we got a sheep down here. Why don't we just bring one? You know, something just doesn't seem right. But Isaac went, the two of them together. And of course, we know the end of the story that Abraham gets ready to sacrifice his son and God stops him to provide a ram in the thicket for the offering, this taking place, of course, on the same mountain that many years later, Christ himself would be crucified. The real Lamb of God. Yeah. The Lamb of God was prophesied to Abraham and Isaac. But that, not just was he prophesied, he was actually typified. Exodus chapter 12, verses 5 and 6 says this. And this is in reference to the instructions that were given to them in providing lamb the time of the exodus right now how many have, are familiar with that right? what happened the last plague the angel of death right yeah. but what was required in order for the angel of death to pass over blood blood had to be put on the doorposts. Right. at the top not the side and then you know the, um, the bowl placed at the foot of the door but I saw something recently, and I just love the way it was worded, and strangely enough, it was on a place called Facebook. Okay? But it was this. And it simply said, isn't it amazing that at the time that that happened, it doesn't say that only the Israelites, it said anybody in the house, the angel of death would pass over. Didn't matter who was in the house. Didn't matter their condition. All that mattered was the blood at the entrance. And that's the way it is for us. What matters isn't what's so much inside here. Though God wants us to look like his son, does he not? He wants us to resemble his family. But it is not by works of righteousness that I have done, but according to what? His great mercies that were saved right and what is mercy it's not getting what you deserve right not getting what you deserve so the lamb of god was typified here so just as that sacrificial lamb was given as long as the blood is applied to the doorposts all inside were safe let me ask you has the blood been applied to your doorpost of your heart Because if it has, you know what, no matter how much I mess up, and no, this is not a license for me just to go on sinning, we know that is not something God desires, and I think that if we have that attitude, it really shows the condition of our heart that we really don't want to follow Him. Amen? Uh, Because if if we really want to follow Him, if we're really serious about wanting to have the blood of His Son applied to the doorposts of our hearts, We're saying, God, I not only want to be saved from sin, I want to live a life that's pleasing to you. I'm not always going to get it right. But thank you that your grace is there and your mercy is there for those moments. Jesus as the Lamb of God was typified there next to this. So he was prophesied, he was typified, but the Lamb of God was also identified. And we see this in James chapter 1 verse 29. Because up until now, we've just gotten some glimpses of what the Lamb was about. But John, the baptizer, had this to say in chapter 1, verse 29. And you may remember this. Coming from his first encounter with Christ as an adult that we see in Scripture. It says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, in other words, look over there! <laughs> right? This wasn't just, hey, take a glimpse. He's commanding people, look with everything you've got. There's the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. That's right there. And what he was pointing to at that moment was Jesus Christ himself. He had identified that now this Lamb that had been uh, showed throughout the Old Testament has now come in bodily form, has been not only identified, but personified. He will take away the sin of the world. Of course, we see this translate later in the Gospels when we see Christ crucified. But even that was foretold, was it not, in the book of Isaiah chapter 53 verse 7, where it says he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as what? A lamb to the slaughter. And the sheep before her shearer is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. And of course we know that's talking of Christ. When he was standing before Pilate. When he was questioned. And he chose to remain silent. And as a result... What happened? Let me ask you this. What would have happened had he opened his mouth? What would have happened is what happened many times before. People would get transformed. Because well, all that could come out of his mouth was truth. And even with the Pharisees, even when they, every time they tried to back me to the corner, Jesus would simply say his words. And the end result would be what? Nothing. They wouldn't be able to lay a hand on. So Jesus kept his mouth shut so that way the crucifixion could happen and he was crucified and bruised for our iniquities but I'd be glad that he didn't stop there but can I tell you right now that his identity as the Lamb of God did not end when he was crucified on the cross let me make my point and you see this by turning to the very last book of the Bible the book of Revelation, we see that the Lamb of God is actually glorified. Revelation chapter 5 verse 6 says this, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a Lamb. Mm-hmm. As it had been slain. How many can say Jesus? Jesus, yeah. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. He was glorified, because we know that before this land, the angels sing what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He was glorified, but he was also magnified just six verses later. Revelation 5, verse 12. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. How many know this wasn't just a nice little quiet worship song? Worthy. And we have some great worship songs like that, right? Worthy. Right? But that's not what it's saying here. This is your shout of triumph. They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and glory and blessing, etc., 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 you yeah. could say. He is worthy. Who is worthy? The Lamb. Yes. And why is he worthy to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, and glory? Because God has exalted him to the highest place where it tells us every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that. Well, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. He is magnified. And we see this con- continuing even all the way closer to the end of the book. Revelation 21 verse 9. There came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, "Come here. I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife." Verse five, or excuse me, verse chapter nine, verse seven, also reverberates this by saying, "Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come." And his wife has made herself ready. Who's his wife? We are. We are the bride, bride of Christ. But do you find that kind of interesting? That maybe this is why Christ hasn't come back yet? Because we still got our hair in curlers. Right? We're not quite there yet. Oh, boy. You know? I don't know. Maybe you're still in your nightgown. I don't know. But, you know. Whatever the case is, we are not quite ready for the marriage supper yet. But you know, if there's coming a day, he tells us here we will be ready. And don't you see him doing that, purifying his church every day, every moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have times we slip up, but he's still in the process of purifying his church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. He's been prophesied, he's been typified, identified, personified, crucified, glorified, and he will be. Magnified. Amen. Amen. And guess what? By whom? Everybody. Mm -hmm. As we said before, every knee will bow. You can deny him all you want today. You know, it really makes no difference to me. I really wish people would just get straightened out, but you know, don't shoot the messengers when they say you need Jesus. You still have a choice to accept him or not. But I'll guarantee you, you will accept the fact that he is Lord someday. It's either going to happen here or it's going to happen there. If I were you, I think I'd rather do it now in the days of grace than before the throne of judgment when it's too late. And I'm not trying to send anybody into heaven on a, you know, get out of hell free card or give you some sort of fire insurance. But it is reality. We will acknowledge He's Lord, but there is a day in the world when it will be too late to acknowledge. And what what torment that must have to be for somebody, when you finally realize that He really was who He said He was, but now it's to no avail. And now I go into eternal damnation knowing that He was who He said He is, but I never had that relationship. I think that's the greatest I think even more than the fires of hell I think that's the greatest torment right there because you know what I've never seen anybody who genuinely gave their heart to God who ever said man I wish I would have waited another five years before I did that but I'll tell you I can't count the number of times I've heard the reverse why did I wait so long there's coming a day that's what's going to happen get fleeced today amen Amen. So Christ gave of Himself; He is our fleece. But can I also tell you something? And that's to understand the Lamb underneath that fleece, because now we that Lamb is now accepted by that mother sheep, as we've shared before. But what does that mean? To the to that lamb, that means I've got a mom again. I belong to a family again. And you know what? If this is my family, I really want it to be my family. Where my mom goes, I want to go. That's what the land would say, right? And that needs to be our attitude. When we're willing to take on Christ, we understand that when we when He is placed on us and God accepts us into His family, we are in the family. Yeah. You're guaranteed He's not gonna butt you out. <laughs> he will accept you. But that means that's my family now. I'm not gonna live according to my mother's old ways. Or my old mother's ways, I should say. Mm-hmm. I've got a new mom now. In this case, we have a new dad. Mm-hmm. And do we want to look like him? Yes. We, we've got the fur. <laughs> right? We got that part looking. We're looking a little bit more like him on the outside, but what about on the inside? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 had this to say. Good old Peter. Remember? Good old wonderful apostle Peter hothead that he was. Mm-hmm. Right? But later in life, he had this to say. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. Why? That you should follow in his steps. See, now that you've got the fleece on, you are not your own. That lamb now has a new identity. That new identity is the lamb that died for it in his house. That is our new identity. And he suffered for us. He gave his life for us so that we could be clothed with him and left for us an example that we should walk in the family as he walked. And as he walks. What does that look like? I'm so glad you asked. Come back all the next number of weeks and we'll talk more about that. But let me kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse into it. It means I will follow in His steps when it comes to loving. And how did He love? That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were an orphan, when we were following another's ways, He died for us. He loved us that much did wait for us. I didn't mean, know he didn't wait for you to get straightened out. If so, I'd still be waiting, right? But he came while I was yet a sinner. He came when you were yet a sinner. And that's the kind of love he wants us to show to those around us. Yes, those that ridicule you, those that, that want to chastise you, and if you're tuning in from some other country, which we know some people do, Even when those people persecute you and throw you in prison and beat you and even threaten to take your life. Love them like Jesus loved them. We also need to follow Christ's example in receiving. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 says this, Receive one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Well, what does this mean? Well, you know, I remember being brought up in the church back in the 70s and back then course it seems kind of trivial now in light of our culture and our world but back then you know what if somebody came in and they had hair hanging down to their shoulders and they were a man they'd get all kinds of weird looks right and some churches wouldn't even allow them to come in until they got their hair cut because who are you to come into God's house looking like that Receive one another as Christ received you. Receive them in their condition. You know, if there's going to be people I believe that someday are going to be coming through these stores, you know what, they're not going to look like you. They're not going to talk like you. They're not going to act like you. But they're seeking the same God you are. Yeah. Will you love them where they're at? Let God deal with the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Love them even with their sin. I'm not saying love their sin love them with their sin. On our, during our Friday night um, Bible studies, Fresh Encounter that I do with a church in Owego, we were actually talking, um, actually, this was actually another group that was, but a lot of the same people are in it, and we do that one on Monday nights, and they are talking about the leper that Jesus healed, and how he touched the man with leprosy. Mm-hmm. Did you ever know, you know, all the time that I read that story, and I never really stopped to think about that little, that little bitty detail did you ever notice that it doesn't say that God touched his leprosy? Touched him. He healed his leprosy, but he touched the man. Yes. Mm-hmm. He touched the man. A man with leprosy. A man that nobody else would give the time of day to. That you would have to avoid because they were unclean. A lot of people in our world today, people are unclean, but guess what? Apart from the blood of Christ, so are we. Yeah. Yeah. You take off that fleece, we're still that same ugly sheep underneath. Right? Let's love them. Let's receive them where they are. I was talking with one of the people in that group afterwards on uh, Friday night. It's actually the guy that leads the other group the other night. And we were talking about his last church experience that he came out of. He came through a, from a, like, Pilgrim's a holiness background. It was not part of the Nazarene church there in Owego. go. And, but one of the things that he mentioned they just got a new pastor and I'll tell you that guy's so on fire for Jesus it's awesome I, you know I've had a chance to meet him a couple of times but it, it's just absolutely amazing the number of times that we're doing the teachings I'm leading the teachings on Friday nights so he's like you know what our pastor just talked about this Sunday morning it's like then you guys better listen because God's telling you twice it's important <laughs> okay but he sat there, you know, we were having some discussion after the meeting, and he had this to say. He's like, coming from my old background, he's like, I've been part of this church now since about 2019. But he's like, you know what, looking back, if you would have told me five years ago, I'd be in a church that wasn't singing hymns, but mostly just singing choruses. So he's like, now with this new pastor, we're doing, they're doing more of the hymns again. But it's like if you told me that was going to be in a church where they didn't even sing the hymns and then you're going to put up behind the pulpit a pastor with tattoos and a mohawk I would tell you you're off your rocker but today he's sitting in the church with a pastor with tattoos and a mohawk who loves Jesus more than most people that are clean cut, coming in dresses and suits. Amen. See, what's inside? Mm-hmm. Is the Jesus difference really making a difference in you? Or is he just making a difference on the outside? I wanted to make a difference in me. And of course the last thing um, that we're going to just highlight here and where where we're going to be going the months to come or weeks to come, and we've kind of already been prefaced into this when Dolores was up here sharing back a few weeks ago. But Christ is also our example in showing us how to forgive. Colossians 3.13, We need to forbear one another and forgive one another. If any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so you also shall do. And when did he forgive you? when you have no intention of getting it right. <laughs> you know what? Being, being Christian, why do look like Jesus? Easy to say yes and amen to that, but when you begin to talk in terms like that, makes you think twice a little bit, doesn't it? Count the cost. There's a cost. But it's worth it. Yeah. You know, as the old adage goes, one thing about the kingdom of God, yeah, it's going to cost you. It to cost you a lot. But you know what? The return on investment
1: is incredible.
0: (laughs) You know what? Wall Street has nothing on Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Where are you? Have you been fleeced? Have you been covered with the blood of Jesus? Have you been covered with the life of Christ? But even more so, have you been transformed into his likeness? So that now, not just on the outside, but now things are happening inside, that if the fleece was removed, God would say, yeah, you look a little more like me today. I hope that's you. I hope it's me. I think I'm a little bit more there than I was a year ago. But I've got so much further to go. Not there yet. We're all on this journey together. Amen? Yeah. And we're not going to be there until we finally got the curlers out of our hair. (laughs) Right? keep moving towards the mark and see what God's going to do. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we thank you so much today. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that Lord covers us even when we were orphans. And Lord God, we thank you that we don't, that that, that this is not just some dead skin on our bodies, but that you are alive, you are breathing, you are powerful. And you are actually just as alive today as you were 2,000 years ago when you walked this earth. Lord God, help us to walk in your steps. Help us to walk in your likeness. Help us to let you do the work in us that you're wanting to do. Show us our part. Help us to walk in it. And we give you all honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. We pray that it was beneficial for you. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for another episode of Life on Maine. You can learn more about our church by visiting our website at lifeonmaine.org. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lifeonmaine where you can learn about upcoming events and find links to videos of these broadcasts and sermons. You can also view our sermons on our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash lifeonmain with each of those words capitalized. Thanks for listening to Life on Main and may God bless you.